Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to episode 53 of the Strength Through Vulnerability podcast. Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? It is so good to be back with another episode this week. I'm bringing you an interview with musician turned coach Scott Perry. In this episode, we talk about what does it mean to be creative on purpose. We talk about how important it is for us to be in community as we try to make lasting change through our creativity. And we also talk about how vulnerability plays a part in all of this. Super fun conversation. I know you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here comes my interview with Scott Perry. Scott Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Tommy, I am thrilled to be spending this time with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, me too. It's going to be a blast. And I'm looking forward to learning a lot from you. And I would love to start off by handing it over to you to hear a little bit about your story, what it is that you do now, and kind of what what led you in the direction that you're in. Yeah. So um, I spent almost all of my adult life as a professional musician playing you know for a living doing some touring lots of recording and and that sort of thing i did that for almost 35 years wow in 2016 i participated in a program called the alt mba which is something that's offered through seth godin and i went into that program really trying to figure out how i was going to take my growing lesson studio which was an in-person guitar lesson studio and turned it into an online guitar teaching empire where I was going to live the dream of making money while I slept and Mm -hmm. students were watching my videos. By the time that program ended, I no longer was interested in being a musician, performing musician or uh, continuing as a music teacher. I had like this whole new idea of how I was going to contribute by marrying my long-standing love for ancient uh, philosophy and my lifelong passion for creative endeavor. I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but I just decided that as I continued doing the work that I liked, loved to do, performing and teaching, I was going to build this other thing on the side. So since 2016, I've been blogging, I've been broadcasting, I've been publishing books, I've been having conversations and have now a coaching uh, program and a community that's dedicated, it's called Creative on Purpose. And it's dedicated to helping people with uh, discovering, developing and delivering the difference only they can make. And so it's all about how to find the work that you're meant to do now, how to find the right people to do that work with and for, and how you, you can enhance your life through elevating the lives of others through through the work that you were you were meant to do based on your experience based on your beliefs and values based on where you find yourself uh, in space and time and uh, just continuing the journey of leveling up your yourself by helping others do the same that's so good you're just living a life of uh, of service and of purpose um, and it's clear that creativity is just is just flowing through your veins man so what what would you say was the thing or maybe it was a multitude of things that caused you to be like no no no, i don't really want to pursue being a full-time musician anymore or or an instructor what what was it that caused that shift one of the so a lot of my career was performing as a solo musician and so spending a lot of time just like on my own on the road on stage um you know, and then as a teacher in the studio, uh, doing work with students, but I mean, it was just student after student. Uh, the Alta MBA was a situation where I was working with other people, very, uh, you know, success, success seekers, people with uh, a lot of talent, a lot of vision that were inspiring and insightful and asking great questions and pushing back on my ideas. And so one of the things I learned or reconnected with was how much I love to be a part of a team and how I really like 
working with other people and how that really was fueling my ideas and, and also my progress. The other thing that happens in the Alt MBA is you do a ton of writing. And I had always done a lot of writing in my early adulthood and had stopped doing that because I just didn't have time. So I reconnected with that deep love of just unpacking ideas through writing, through posting on a blog. And those two things um, really fueled the shift for me. I just reconnected with things that I'd always been in love with and passionate about. And I was found myself getting better at them, but talking about, you know, things that were brand new, um, at least, you know, to the people that I was sharing them with. Mm. That's so awesome. And so you find yourself now you're, you're running creative on purpose, which, um, is your own endeavor. And it sounds really, really interesting. And I think is the perfect time for somebody to come out with something like this, because, um, you know, now more than ever, we have the opportunities to pursue what we are passionate about, what we believe our purpose is. And it's really cool that you're in a position to be able to help people figure out what that is. Do you find that a lot of folks who come to you are maybe lacking and do they like not know how to be creative and I guess maybe I'll elaborate a, just a little bit more on that I think so often we can get set in our ways and just kind of go with the flow go through the system that was set up before us now that we have the opportunity to go beyond that do you find people who come to you struggling to kind of have an idea of what that would look like for them to go beyond that yeah absolutely and you 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 raised a, a really important point which is Creativity is a basic human impulse. It's it's the way that we make change happen and always have. Creativity is what enabled us to survive as a species back in the day when we were, you know, not the brightest nor the fastest uh, thing on the planet, and we tasted good, so we were more likely to end up <laughs> being somebody, something bigger and faster as lunch than mm -hmm. to be, live to the next day. And so what we did was we banded together, and we employed our creative capacity to the interesting problem of just day-to-day -day survival. And through doing that, we developed social bonds, we developed language that expanded our brains, that expanded our capacity for storytelling and imagination and fueled more creativity and on and on and on. Fast forward to, to where we are today, creativity is one of those things that institutionally is kind of squashed out of us through institution, you know, through institutional learning in our school systems. Uh, the the idea that there's, you know, only one right way to do things, follow this curriculum, you know, follow this path. This is what people do. You know, you go to school, you get a, you go to a good college, you get a good job. Uh, you work really, really, really hard. You could take a vacation once or twice a year um, and then you retire and then you die. And what we have, found is now that things have changed we used to get that system supported itself because you would get a retirement at a uh, plan at the at the end of your employment you might work for some someplace for all of your life that doesn't really happen anymore and at the time now when we really desperately need to reconnect with our creative capacity we find many of us have had just been completely disconnected to it if you look at the polling, it's over 50%. I think it's 60% of people polled do not identify themselves as creative beings. Like they, they, we've lost touch with this idea that we are creatives and everybody is a creative. And so definitely part of what my work is, is helping people recognize and reconnect with that creative capacity. Um, but even more, it's about doubling down on that and learning to, to be relearning to be creative by doing creative work. And that's mm. a big centerpiece of what we do at Creative On Purpose is learning by doing. It's the way that we've learned to do anything meaningful in our lives. You didn't learn how to walk by watching YouTube videos on how to walk or reading books on how to walk or going to school to learn how to walk. You saw people walking. It looked like something you would like to do. <laughs> 
you stood up and did it really, really poorly until you started to do it well, and now you do it without even thinking about it, but you you learn to do it by doing it. And we did, did that with talking, with riding a bike, with reading, with writing, anything that's, you know, any worthwhile enterprise, we learn by actually doing it, and we do it poorly until we do it well. Mm-hmm. And that's something that that opportunity to learn by doing is available to us in anything that we want to do. Mm. That's so good. I'm really glad that you elaborated on that too, because I was going to ask you, what does it look like for somebody who comes to you who is lacking in the creativity department? What does it look like for them to relearn or realign with that creative piece of themselves? And so do you have people coming to you who, the ones who maybe aren't in touch with their creative side, um, are they more likely to come to you not knowing in which way they want to be creative? Or do they usually come with to you with an idea of like, I want to make videos, but I'm not good at it yet, don't know how? Or is it like, I have no idea what I want to do? We So we, the process that I laid out in the Creative on Purpose Handbook, is which is a very short read that really shares the whole process. So part, part of the process is discovering what it is that you, you, you might want to employ yourself in. And that mm-hmm. just comes down to getting clear on who you are, what your values and guiding principles are, what you're good at, your hard and soft skills, your talents, and where you belong with people that share your values and need your skills and talents to enhance their lives. And if you can identify those three simple pieces, the sweet spot in the middle of that Venn diagram is where your endeavor can be found. And maybe that is making videos, maybe it's writing a blog, maybe it's doing volunteer work, maybe it's just the work you want to do as a a parent, as a spouse, or anything else. But it, it all comes down to starting with who, yourself, and your values, starting uh, identifying your skills and talents, and then finding where, where you belong with people that need, uh, need your talents and, and share your values. The next part is developing that project that you've decided on. And that's just a process of small steps into possibility, identifying the smallest viable audience, to use a, a, a term from Seth Godin, mm-hmm. the smallest number of people you're already connected to that need you to show up in their lives to enhance them, coming up with a the smallest version of your offering that you can imagine, something that you can offer before you even build it, something that will only take you a weekend to build and something that you can do with them the next week. And that process of smallest viable offer, smallest or sorry, smallest viable audience, smallest viable offer, smallest viable step, and then just continuing that process as you develop clarity and definition of your project, your audience, and the change that you seek to make in the world. And the last piece is just really understanding that it's really comes down to the intention and integrity of your efforts and the quality of your efforts. That it you cannot control the outcomes. Uh, the results are great when they come your way, when things work out the way that, that, that you want. But all you ever really have control over is how you choose to see things and what you decide to do next. And so we're very much focused on, focus on your efforts, the results will take care of themselves. Because even when you don't get what you want, you learn the valuable lessons of patience, humility, acceptance, and resilience. Mm, absolutely. You said something earlier that really interested me. It was that earlier on in your career, you were doing a lot of solo work. So you were on stage by yourself, you were writing by yourself, and then you found yourself in the, it was Alt-MBA is what it was called, correct? Yeah, cool. So you, you found yourself in that program working with other people and you were like, oh my gosh, like I've missed this connection. With Creative on Purpose, what does that, how do you help connect other people? And because you spoke about community earlier too. And this is something that I truly believe in is super important. And you mentioned it earlier as well when you were talking about our species, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, we needed each other. We still need each other. Mm-hmm. How do you incorporate that into the work you're doing to help people be creative on purpose? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Part of it is just the basic philosophy. So when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients that are trying to develop and deliver the endeavor that they're working on is to recognize that we enhance our lives most through work that elevates others and that mm. our work is always done with and for it's a it's a it's a gift it's a service to others of course we we have to get paid for it because we it requires that others invest in themselves by investing in the change that they seek to make because if you don't invest then there's no you, you've got no skin in the game no dog in the fight and it's very easy to just to not do do the work mm -hmm. but if you help people see the value, invest in themselves, and help them step into the possibility that they imagine for themselves. Um, you are making things better by doing the hard work of making something worth investing in, making a change, you know, helping them invest in themselves to make the change that they seek to make for themselves. The other community part of it is all of my clients that I have worked with one-on-one -on -one are automatically put into a community where we meet at least once or twice a week and we discuss the work. We discuss, we celebrate our wins. We share our challenges. We tap the wisdom of the room for reflection and insight and question and feedback that will help us see what's really getting in our way, which just to give away the punchline is usually something of our own creation. <laughs> um, and then, you know, to encourage and support each other into continuing to step into possibility with the work that we're doing, because what I've come to, to find is, you know, as success seekers, we, we do keep making progress, but the, whatever got us to where we are, that those same habits, relationships, and routines are not the ones that will help us take the next step into possibility. Mm -hmm. So this idea that we have to constantly be updating um, our routines and our relationships so that we continue to make progress because our potential is infinite. We, there's no end to this journey if you're really in it for the right reasons. Another reason why we really focus on effort is because if you maintain intention and integrity of your effort, you're on you're playing the, the infinite game and you're on a journey that um, doesn't have any final destination, but you're always making progress and heading towards a good, you know, something that's really special and something that's really good. You've brought up a couple really good things that, that caught my attention. One of them was that as you're in this community and you're, you're sharing the insights, the wisdom you're reviewing and, uh, uh, and celebrating the wins, um, and also looking at the areas where there's room for improvement together, you create, you foster this environment that's naturally going to produce growth. And I think as somebody like with my podcast, for example, something I value so much is, um, is feedback, you know, I, whether a review is not a good review or it's a good review it really helps because it, it helps to, to kind of use the words you ha you were using. It helps me see what habits I need to develop now to be able to make this podcast better. Right. Um, and I love that you're helping to facilitate that for the people who are, who are working with you and working with each other. Have you found that yourself um, and the folks who you're working with and working around have really, has there been a lot of momentum built up in, in their creative processes because of this community? Absolutely. And, you know, feedback is a really powerful thing because it can be very motivating, even when it's it's negative, when it's pointing to the, the things that we need to work on. Mm -hmm. um, but it also can be really debilitating. And it, I think it, a lot of it comes down to where is the feedback coming from? Mm -hmm. So when we are enrolled with others, and we're all on a similar journey, and we all um, know each other's work, and we're all familiar with each other, and we have all bought into the ideas of you know compassion and empathy and generosity and kindness and and consideration and 
are careful to not impose our value judgments and to just, you know, um, be criti critical for the sake of criticism. That's that meaning that that kind of feedback becomes very, very important. And we can receive both the positive and the negative feedback in the spirit that it's intended, which is with real love that will because it's intended to help us continue to elevate ourselves and to um, excel in the work that we're doing. When you are doing important work, you are standing up to be seen and speaking up to be heard and you are out in the world. And so you're not always in that brave, safe space of the community where everybody knows who you are and you know knows the secret handshakes, knows all the slang, knows all the punchlines. And you will be subject to criticism. You know, you don't have to spend much time on social media to just see that you know there is a uh, there is a posture out in the world where people are just waiting to express their opinion and to try to to you know take people down a peg or two for no other good reason than it makes them feel better about themselves. Yeah. So criticism that comes from unsolicited, anonymous or sources or or strangers can still be valuable feedback but it's helpful to distinguish that from the meaningful feedback that you're getting from people that you're asking it from so you know in the beginning i definitely encourage people to like who are your five people who are the five mm -hmm. people that you're reaching out to for meaningful reflections and feedback everybody else you ignore until you build that muscle, that skill of receiving feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and using it to make progress in your endeavor. And then when you're receiving that anonymous criticism from strangers, it's easy to shrug off the stuff that's just meaningless trolling uh, and you know criticism for the sake of criticism. And it's more likely that if somebody if some random stranger says something that actually has uh, you know like a ring of of importance or truth or urgency to it you can say you know what that, that, that's actually kind of a little bit right i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and and take that on and, and think on that a little bit um and it, it's a it feedback is part of the resiliency training you have we if you're going to get better you have to to accept it better to to have a process and a system for um, seeking and acquiring feedback that allows you to build that skill of discerning the good from the 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 bad and the helpful from the unhelpful so that you can make the progress that you want to make i think that's a really important clarification i'm i'm glad that you brought that up i uh i re i swear i bring up Brene brown in like every single episode i do um, for good reason, though. And I was listening to a podcast of hers the other day, and she was talking about how still to this day, when she reads certain comments or gets certain emails, she still feels like she needs to like armor up and protect herself from those harsh comments, which is true. Like you should, to your point, you don't just accept all this meaningless feedback from people you don't know. It makes me reflect on the feedback I get and uh, it's funny, I always ask the listeners to provide feedback, help me know how I, can, how I can make this thing better. And one of the people who is most consistent is my own dad, which is sweet. And, you know, sometimes, some weeks, there's a lot of, a lot of good. He, he really enjoyed the episode. There were a few things that I did great. And then other weeks, there's some things where he's like, hey, like you really could have left this part out or maybe you could have done this instead. And I'm like, at first, it's almost like it hits your ego a little bit. You're like, ah shoot, really, man? Like, come on, you had to tell me that? But then you reflect on it a little bit more. To your point, because I love my dad and because I respect him and he knows and loves me, that I can take his reflections and actually do something with them after, you know, putting my ego in check a little bit first, which is probably a natural process. Well, and, and you just touched on something really important is, are, are, you tr are, you, are you doing this work like an amateur or are you doing this work like a professional and I'm not talking about are you doing it for free or doing it to get paid are you treating it like a hobby and it's very precious and you can't stand for anybody to poke a hole or to 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 say anything negative um, in which case that's a very fragile way to go through the world and is just a path for suffering and unhappiness mm. a professional 
not only shows up and does the work every day, but they seek feedback and they recognize that it's not about them. Your work is about the work and it's about the service that it provides for the people that you do that work for. So, you know, as a musician, for instance, um, you know, an amateur is whining on stage about how nobody's paying attention or people are sending, you know, stupid requests that have nothing to do with the kind of music that you're playing and, and on and on and on. But um, a professional is actually everything that they're doing is about serving the audience, connecting with the audience, enhancing the experience that the audience is having. And so one of the things I, I teach my guitar students is serve the song, don't make the song serve you. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. Do your best work in delivering the song to the people that showed up to receive that gift from you and everything else takes care of itself. If you're only doing this for the ego gratification, you are doing it for the wrong reasons and it will never be enough. Even if people love you every single time you show up, you will feel empty and wanting inside because you're doing, you're doing the work for the wrong reason. It's not about your glorification, your ego, your needs, wants, dreams, and desires. It's about the art. It's about the craft. It's about the change that's made through the creative enterprise of sharing the gift that only you can deliver. I absolutely love that. I, I love your posture towards service. I think that's so brilliant. And something that I'm really interested in doing more of is speaking. And I, I just watched a video just today. Um, about five things that really separate the best speakers out there. And the first tip was coming from Simon Sinek or Sinek, I forget how you pronounce his last name, but he was saying the number one thing that separates speakers is that the best ones are always up on stage to serve their audience. And all the other ones, the ones who aren't that great, they're up there for their own ego, for their own satisfaction, and they're not out there looking to help other people and serve with their words. So I think it's, first of all, funny that you brought that up and it aligned perfectly with something I listened to earlier. But I truly love that. And I think that ultimately when we're in search of being of service to other people through our work, through our creative enterprise, is when we actually do get that fulfillment that we, we want. And we just often, I think, seek it out in unhelpful ways. Um, and this brings me back to something you said earlier where, and you've actually said it just now where, um, we are put on this earth to provide something that only we can provide. And it's not unself or it's not selfish to want to be paid for it. Um, because you're providing a service, um, part of your heart that's helping other people is being put out there. I've thought about that myself. I've actually recorded a podcast a little bit about it, just kind of sharing some of my thoughts. I think that there can sometimes be a shame in that, um, especially when it comes to being of service to other people. I think there's an aspect of like, ooh, it feels weird to get paid to serve other people, if that makes sense. Do you find people come to you who kind of struggle with that shame or that idea at all? Yes. I, I think I, I, I look at it through um, a slightly different filter, which mm. is that I find a lot of the work that I do is helping creative people or people that are, that are reconnecting and, and developing their creative capacity through whatever endeavor they're working on vastly undervalue what they're already doing and an aim far lower than they should or need to with where their work could go. And so one of the exercises that I like to do with um, clients is one that I, um, that I've just stolen from my work with Seth Godin coaching in his Akimbo workshops. And there's an exercise where we ask students to imagine what it would be like to 10x their offer. Mm -hmm. What people usually think about 
are what are the features and benefits well if I, i'm going to have to add 10 you know 10 videos to my youtube channel i'm going to have to post on instagram 10 times as much and i'm going to have to offer um, additional lessons in my you know uh, offering or uh, and on and on and on mm. people don't pay for features and benefits people pay for the change that is on offer and making the change that only you can make with and for the people that need you to show up in their lives to enhance and elevate their lives has to do with not nothing to do with features and benefits it's it's how do you show up as a human being in this human to human exchange of value where you, you are helping see somebody for where they are where they want to be helping them identify the challenges the real challenges that are in the way and helping them define a goal and the strategy that will help them start moving from from where they are to where they want to be from their present self into their aspirational self and that has much less to do with features and benefits or processes and systems or checklists and roadmaps but just the human uh the human connection asking another question and another question offering a word of encouragement helping them see what they don't see helping them become half a shade braver as and and step take the next small step into possibility in their own development or in the development of their enterprise um so when people are you know to, to to finally answer your question when people are undervaluing their work or 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 saying or or wrestling with the idea that if i'm asking people to pay for it it's not really a gift it's just a, a seductive way of hiding from doing from for putting themselves on the hook for the change that they actually help people make if you are not charging for your work what you are sending a signal that your work is not worth anything if you know when i'm doing discovery calls or clarity calls with client potential clients and i help them identify the the challenges and problems they're really facing and i ask i ask them the question well what's it costing you to not make any progress you know what 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 is the cost to your well-being or your pocketbook however you want to frame it to continuing to spin the same cycles over and over make no progress with this challenge that we've just identified most of the time it's they can't even put a dollar figure on it it's costing me everything it's costing me my happiness it's costing me my marriage it's costing me my you know sense of well-being well once they've articulated that the how much it's costing them when you tell them how much your coaching offer is it's a bargain it's a steal to pay a reasonable amount of money to actually blast past something that's been getting in your way for years and probably years and years and actually start living into your potential and, and delivering on the promise um, that you're capable of so uh, you know but that does that means that you put yourself on the line you're putting yourself on the hook you're you're making a promise that you have to keep that promise involves you keeping the other person on the hook and not letting them make excuses and and uh you know continue to get in their own way so it's it's a it's a it's a brave it's a posture of courage and bravery um for both the person offering the service or the the product and for the person on the receiving end to trust that process and to step into possibility uh, with whatever you know is is on offer mm. that's an incredible perspective i i love how you put it with if you're not charging then you're sending out a signal that it's not worth being charged for i think it's su super simple um but needs to be said so i'm glad you said it that's helpful for me um i also loved the the 10x um idea that you brought up with what's beautiful about the example you shared is it's not about producing, 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 producing more. It's about refinement a lot of the time. And I think that that's 
so true and is beautiful. It made me think as you were saying it of, I'm not going to be able to quote it directly, but some famous person once said that his famous speech would have been shorter if he had more time, something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, if you want a 10 X, then perhaps you need to refine it down more and more and really get to the heart of, of you and what that thing is that you we've been mentioning throughout this episode that you and only you can provide this world. Well, you just identified something really brilliant. And, and I see this all the time in the people I work with is they conflate productivity with progress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this idea of hustle and grind is I th- there's a there's a time for that. And there are seasons when you do have to, you know, hustle and grind and power your way through. But confusing that with actually making progress in something that's worth making progress in can be really, really dangerous. And people lose themselves in their to-do list. And so one of the exercises that that we do at Creative On Purpose is, um, like you can write down your to-do list, but we're only choosing one of, like we're gonna look at that list and find the one thing that if you accomplished it would actually move you the furthest and fastest forward in your enterprise. And then we're also going to, to look at what needs to go on your stop doing list. Mm-hmm. And this idea of progress is tied to what you were saying about refinement. You, you, if you're on oh, yeah. audio, but I have a sign over my shoulder that says less is more. And this is, this is a mantra that I have to live in my life because I am, I have a proclivity. I'm inclined to be really productive. I am super productive all day long and I have to, pause and stop myself and make myself like look at what I'm doing and and what is it that I what is it that I need to do and what is it that I want to do and I need to focus on the things that I need to do the things I need to do are the things that are helping me make the most of the time that I have left in serving the people that I'm that I seek to serve and helping them make the the change that they want to make and I can't afford to spend my time in all that busy work um, and productive but not progressive work and it's uh, something you know I think in in America in particular we really reward the workaholics the grinders the hustlers um, or we don't reward them but we we certainly put them on a pedestal Um, but you know the folks that really make a difference are the ones that are super focused on doing one thing and being the best in the world at making that one change happen and making it with the people that are ready to to walk that path with them mm. yeah that's so good i love it when we had talked previous to this call you you mentioned this this idea this belief that this truth that we are in charge of how we see the world. And I thought I loved it because it's, I believe it to be true as well. And yet I think so many of us have had experiences where you have really optimistic people in your life who are seeing the world in a very bright light. And oftentimes are getting a lot of, a lot done and are pretty successful and happy then you have some people who almost seem to just naturally be inclined to be a little bit more pessimistic, maybe not believe in themselves as much. Um, and a lot of the times get less done and are less happy. What do you think it is? Do you have any thoughts as to why some people are inclined to be more glass half empty? And when you come in, in contact with them through the work you're doing, how do you try to help them reframe their mind? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I I can't remember exactly where I was reading this or where I heard it. Um, But it seems that the science is telling us, you know, in terms of nature nurture, that it's a a lot of it is nature, like there are people that are and I mean, as a a parent of two boys, you know, that could not be more different. I mean, you, you can raise two kids the exact same way. And they just have different attitudes and, and different beliefs and mindsets. Um, and so, you know, some of us are programmed to um, just have a lot 
just be more optimistic and, and more of a glass half full or rose colored glasses or whatever you want to call it. And some of us are born to be more inclined towards seeing the glasses half empty or in being a, a little bit more cautious um, or fearful. And we can, and attitude is a skill that you can develop and you develop it through action. If you are a naturally um, pessimistic person, fearful person, you can become a more hopeful, optimistic, and courageous person by practicing being more courageous, by doing an activity every single day that's, you know, you're doing for the first time, uh, by articulating your situation in a way that is more positive. Um, and so, you know, there's some science about how effective that is and whatever the numbers are, a little bit of progress that gets you, that improves your well-being by just a few percentage points is probably worth the time uh, and the effort. The whole idea of we get to frame ourselves in our situation and then decide what we're going to do next is rooted in ancient philosophical traditions including including stoicism or or even um you know taoism and buddhism uh and you know they've been vetted now by neuroscience psychology and 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 um you know sociology um and it's, it's a practice that is open to any of us. We are human beings are inherently, inherently understand the world and themselves and each other through narrative. I am telling myself a story about my situation, my circumstances, myself, and I'm telling a story about you. And I'm telling myself a story about the story that you're telling yourself about me. It's all narrative. And well, one of the things I wrote in uh in my upcoming book onward is choose your story choose your future and it really is that simple you can change your story anytime changing your story is simple unfortunately simple is never easy because <laughs> we are inclined to stick with our old stories we are inclined to stick with stories about mistakes and regrets that we have about the past instead of living in the present, which is where we can reframe our situation and frame new possibilities and step into them. We are inclined to tell ourselves stories about outcomes and results that we seek that are just setting us up for suffering because things rarely end up just the way that we want them just because we simply want them that way. It's only in the present moment that we have the ability to look at ourselves and our situation in a way that's uh, stripped of value judgments and expectations and where we can see the possibilities that we can see and make a decision to take a step forward into um, into that possibility which puts us into a brand new situation where we can reframe ourselves in our situation again see a different set of possibilities and, and take that next step and so it's this small small steps day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment, um, that moves us forward. And every time we do that, we are setting ourselves up for being in a new situation where we can frame and, and, uh, and, and step into a new possibility. This is how progress is made. Or we can stay stuck in the same old stories and stay sitting on the couch, you know, being miserable and blaming the world and, and others for our failure to take control and be agents of our own destiny. Thank you for sharing all that, Scott. I, I think a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast in general, but especially that piece and have some action items that they can walk away with to really help them with their mindset. And I, I just think it's really important. So thank you very much for all of that. Now, this is called the Strength Through Vulnerability Podcast. So I'm really interested to know in, in, your, in your words, how does vulnerability fit into all of this into seeking out sharing your passion, your purpose with the world through your own creativity? Yeah. 
Oh, I love the theme of, of your podcast because it's so important that we recognize, accept, and embrace our vulnerabilities. We are creatures that are frequently driven by status. We are creatures that um, are in love with the status quo. We like to know where we stand and what's expected of us. And we like to meet those markers and, and try hard to stay wherever we are, even if our status is really, really low. It's we find comfort in, in knowing what to expect. And when we stand up to be seen, speak up to be heard, when we step into uncertainty or embrace uncertainty and navigate adversity to step into possibility, we are making ourselves vulnerable. And that is a necessary exercise to, I've just recently been blogging about this, the, the, the virtues of humiliation, you know, humiliation is when we tell ourselves a story about not measuring up to somebody else's or something else's expectations. The thing about humiliation is it's another story, right? And we get to decide, are we going to rest in the shame? Or are we going to tell a story about our aspiration and our hopefulness and our resilience and our ability to continue to strive. And so, you know, I think with vulnerability, the invitation is to recognize that as human beings, we are inherently aspirational, striving creatures. And that the thing that impedes us from making that progress or um, that gets in the way is recognizing that we're also sufficient just as we are. We are always enough as we are, and we are sufficient even as we strive, even when we fail, even when we falter, because we learn the lessons of humility, patience, um, and acceptance, and we build the resiliency that allows us to, to embrace uh, vulnerability and take another step into possibility again. That's so good. I love it. Scott, I've been ending my podcast lately with a couple of questions and I'm going to ask you them. So here we go, right on the spot. I would love to hear from you. If you were to give one anecdote, one topic from this entire episode for people to walk away with, what would that be? I think the one of the things that I haven't said out loud, but it's a theme here is to start with gratitude. Mm. That, you know, we are, if you are listening to this podcast, you are you, you, you are experiencing some level of privilege, mm. you have a device that is in your pocket or on your desktop that connects you to the entire world and to all the information available, you know, in all of human existence. And you know, what an extraordinary gift that is. Um, you know, just the, the gift of having this moment to, you know, have a thoughtful discussion about yourself, a courageous conversation with yourself about, you know, what are the possibilities that you need to step step into. So I think starting with, um, start with generosity and then uh you know when you're you've thanked the universe or whatever it is that you believe in for all the bounty that is available to you to then recognize that the work still remains and to go ahead and take that next step i love it and scott how would you define vulnerability in your own words well I'll, I'll frame it around the idea of generosity again. Vulnerability is a gift because in vulnerability, we understand that we are not fully formed and that we are not complete. We are not completed, mm -hmm. um, that there is still work to do, and that in our vulnerability, we also recognize that we can't do it alone, that the work must be done with and for others, and that we are it's part of our natural function as human beings to um, live with and for whoever it is that we find ourselves with in any given in, in any given moment and vulnerability is something 
um, to embrace and through the embrace of vulnerability we become a little more curious a little bit more create courageous maybe a little bit more creative in how we uh, move forward and, and through that vulnerability so that we can step into possibility and into the next vulnerability mm. man i love that and it's so interesting hearing everybody's different thoughts, different definitions on what vulnerability is. So I, I thought that was brilliant. And I really enjoyed that. Last episode, I finished the podcast with a different question than I've ever asked anybody else. And I really enjoyed it because I'm a big food guy. So Scott, what is your favorite food if you had to pin one down? Oh boy. Um, well, the thing that gets the one thing one one food that gets eaten once every week is uh popcorn uh, my wife and i have a you know a date night every friday or saturday and that date always involves a good movie it, when we can find a good movie uh, <laughs> and a bowl of uh of popcorn you know and just uh sitting on the couch and and having that time together so you know i guess it, i guess it'd be popcorn I love that answer. That's so good. All right. And lastly, where can people find you and the work you're doing and find out more about your upcoming book? Uh, if you go to creativeonpurpose.com, there is as much information as you would need to get an idea about what we're up to and, and what, what's on offer in terms of um, both services and transformation. Uh, and you can access the blog and join the community there. Um, and then uh, Amazon uh, Onward is publishing on Thanksgiving Day 2020. And uh, if you just Google Onward Scott Perry and Amazon, it, it'll come up. Fantastic. Scott, this has been an absolute blast. And you've taught me a lot. And I've just really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you for coming on the show. You're a great interviewer. Those were great questions. And uh, you facilitated a, a really uh, fun conversation and and just uh, really appreciate the opportunity to, to have this moment with you and, and to respond to your great questions. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. You take care, Scott. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you're looking for a way to support this podcast, if you could go on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, write down some comments if you'd like as well. Those are super helpful for me. And you doing that helps get this podcast into the hands of other people. So it helps me and it helps other people. And I just really, really appreciate that. Also, to keep up with all the stuff that I'm doing with Strength Through Vulnerability, check out my Instagram page, which is at Strength Through Vulnerability. And then there's also a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash strength through vulnerability. Really appreciate all of your support. Share this with your friends, anybody who you think would enjoy this kind of content or anybody that you think it could help. That means the world to me too. You all mean the world to me. I appreciate you so so much. I'll be back with another Thinking Thursday this coming Thursday. But until then, you all take care.